All right, all right. I didn't even test my microphone or anything. I hope this is working. This always makes me super nervous. You just never know when this thing's going to work and when it's not. All right, good morning. Good morning, everyone. See, we got a couple folks on. Hope you're all having a fantastic morning. Um, as always, I hate repeating this, but uh, you never know when we have new uh, new viewers. So, <clears throat> so if you're catching this from anything any any other platform other than YouTube, uh, I would really really appreciate it if you'd run over to YouTube after this video is done, after we're after we're done talking here, and uh, and go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel. It would help us out tremendously. All right. So, what are we going to talk about today? Well. I have been, uh, this past week, <clears throat> I really, uh, this one was kind of kind of tough to come up with this week, admittedly, but uh, I was just super busy. But I thought we'd talk about uh, market cycle this week because just some things that we're seeing in our own business uh, and amongst our students, uh, there's definitely, definitely some things going on that uh, I think we all need to be really aware of. And... Uh, Really, everyone's heard of market cycles, and I think pretty much everyone understands and um, and knows that you know we go through these things uh, periodically. And so, you know, obviously, obviously, we operate on a bell curve, and and uh, the question is, you know, the question that was I was that was posed this week was, have we peaked? Have we peaked on the bell curve? And the answer to that question is yes, it is. Hold on, I got to silence this thing. All right, but the, the the answer to that question is absolutely we we have peaked. So let's um, let's talk about this a little bit, and I'll throw the chat up here if anybody wants to uh, ask a question or uh, has a comment. Uh, and I'll try and keep a keep an eye on this because uh, you know a couple I think it was last week or maybe the week before we we got trolled pretty hard. It was, was kind of comical, but. Uh, all right, so let's jump into this thing. So, so what should we be doing right now as real estate investors? Should we be rehabbing properties? Should we be wholesaling? Uh, or should we be, is it wise right now to pick up properties for say our, rent, our rental portfolio, our, our buy and hold properties? So like I was saying before, we operate on this, we operate on this bell curve, right? So we have these we have these peaks and we have these valleys. And oftentimes I don't have a, um, you know, one of those little Wacom tablets where I can draw this out for you. So you kind of have to kind of follow my, my finger here. So we had, you know, we have these, these valleys, they we go up to these peaks and valleys. Essentially what it ends up looking like is at least in the real estate industry, what we see is we have a, uh, you know, we, if we start at the, at a valley, we go up to this peak, right. And then we we're going to have a, you know, a down, a down tick. And then we're, we're going to rise up again. You know, real estate has traditionally, it's maintained a, a kind of a, I don't want to say a 45 degree trajectory, but uh, it's always, it's always risen. We've always seen this appreciation. So um, in 2011 was, it was at the very, very lowest port, uh, very bottom of that, of that valley in that market cycle. 
<clears throat> so, so in 2011, um, we we had really really just dirt cheap prices on properties. Uh, we could pick them up. We ever you know we're coming out of out of the the big real estate crash of of 2008, 2009, 2010. So we had tons and tons of inventory, right? So right now, where we stand right now is at uh, in 2022, we are we are now creeping over we've got the top of the bell we are now just creeping over where we've there's a we've crescendoed now we're just starting to, to get on to the uh to the slope the other side of that bell and we're, we're starting to come down we can definitely see that in our markets so you know we had a nice 11 year run there of uh, of these of just this awesome environment to be in if you're in real estate and uh particularly Investors, we had a lot of uh, a lot of had a lot of folks picking up properties at significant discounts, and uh, really just being able to capitalize on uh, on these rising prices. Now, uh, I had a uh, this was this has been a few weeks now, but I had uh, someone, and actually I experienced this myself. Just it's so hard to predict whenever whenever we're going to see that peak. It's crazy hard to predict. And so, you know, we, we go back to say 2018, 2019, when everyone thought that that was the peak of the market. And, you know, some of those folks ended up pulling out and tell you, they, it's not that they lost because, you know, we had rising, you know, we had greater values in, in 2018, 2019, but 2020 or 2022 was bananas. I mean, it was, I don't know. You know, I have I've been I've been in the business for seven years and I haven't seen anything like that. So, so that was rel- relatively new to me. Um, so now we are headed down this little uh, on on the other side of this bell, and here locally in my market, we peaked out in uh, right around July August timeframe of this year. So we started to make this little transition into a uh, into a buyer's market, what they call a buyer's market, and that just means a uh, if you're ever confused about what that means, that means that it's more advantageous to buy uh, to buy properties because of the declining prices. Um, it's more advantageous to buy those properties in a in a buyer's market. All right. So, but like I said, it's going to be super impossible to predict uh, how long we're going to be in this in this downward tra- trajectory that we're that we're heading in right now. So, so the big question is, what should you be doing right now? You know, I don't know. Um, the biggest part of my audience is, hey Miguel, good morning. The biggest part of the audience that watches these uh, watches these things probably understands that in our business, uh, and particularly, and this is really kind of what we push push in our coaching program as well, is you know we're we're cash flow people. We love we love passive income. You know, I like I like being able to sleep in in the mornings if I. Uh, if I choose to do that, I don't normally do that, but if I choose to, I can do that because I have passive income. Mm-hmm. Now that doesn't mean that we don't, you know, we don't wholesale properties. We don't do rehabs. I mean, we do all of that stuff. And so question is, what should you be doing right now? You know, if you're watching this and you're a wholesaler, um, it might be a good time to really, really start, um, start firing up those marketing engines, as they say. But the big one is, you know, I'm doing a rehab right now. I always have, I always have a rehab going in the background. Uh, it's kind of just, um, 
I really like doing rehabs. I really love that to see the whole transformational thing. You know, it's it's less of a job to me re- rehabbing is. I know that sound might sound a little bit strange, but it's true. Let me make sure that I am picking everything up here. Okay. Yep. All right. So so rehabbing. Should you be rehabbing right now? Here's what I would tell you. I would say that if you're doing a rehab right now, or if you're thinking about doing rehabs from this point on, I think you should probably, and this is the strategy we're going to take, I think you should probably start finishing up your rehabs and getting them on the market. You probably have a good three to four months before we start seeing this, this major shift in uh, into this buyer's market where where you know prices your price the price that you want to sell your property for is going to decline they're going to start you're going to start seeing a significant decline you know we're moving into it in a lot of these flyover states and a lot of states that experience harsh winters uh, we always have a slowdown so um and it's been proven time and time again if you're in a state that uh, that has these maybe the four seasons and, and you have harsh winters. It's just a fact that we have to deal with the wintertime slowdown and we kind of build the, uh, our, our rehabbing projects. We kind of build that into it. So we kind of, we like to time our, our projects through the winter so that we can sell them in the spring. Cause we always have a, a, uh, a spike in the spring. <clears throat> Excuse me. If that's not, uh, if you're not in any of uh, one of those types of markets or, or I'm sorry, one of those types of geographical areas, it might not affect you as much. Um, but I would say right now, you've got about three to four months uh, to get your projects finished up, get them put on the market before we really, really start seeing a decline in, uh, in prices. All right. So what does that really mean? All that means is that... Um, we're, we're moving away from the major rehabs and we're going to start doing quick flips. So the idea here is you want to be in and out as fast as you can possibly be. All right. What does that look like? I would say uh, be into something 30 days or less, 45 days at the absolute max if you can. So that means things like, uh, like uh, paint and flooring. Uh, just really easy stuff, no major renovations, right? And and you're going to have to be able to get these properties at a pretty significant discount, all right? Because you're, you know, obviously <clears throat> we've got a we've got a spike in material costs, although those are coming down a little bit. But the major problem that we're going to have is um, moving into. I don't want to say recession because I'm not I'm not an economic. Uh, I'm not an economics major. I'm not an economics uh, expert, but uh, you know, with inflation where it is, and uh, and we're starting to see this this uh, this creep into this buyer's market, it just makes sense to get in and out as quickly as you possibly can. All right, <clears throat> and then like I said before, things are really going to start picking up for wholesalers. I'm already seeing this in my market. Uh, a lot of the deals that I, uh, a lot of deals that I take down, a lot of deals that I buy. Are from wholesalers, <clears throat> excuse me. And so I think it's uh, and it's definitely picking up. I'm getting more and more traffic from wholesalers, uh, you know, sending me other deals, and uh, I I really really appreciate that. You just got to be super careful if you're a buyer from if you're buying from a wholesaler. Uh, 
you know, you just got to be super careful, careful and really pay attention to your market and what those properties are going for. Or it's really tough to comp those properties too, because, you know, we've had this crazy market for, for the past year and a half, two years. And all we have to base our comps on are those, are those properties that sold in that time period. So it's really tough to, uh, to comp them really when you have such a major shift like this, what you really need to be looking at is not necessarily, and I'm going to, I'm going to catch flack for this. I know, but not necessarily the historical data over the past one to two years, you got to kind of look at what is available right now. It was, it was, this whole philosophy was shifted when we were rising, you know, when, when the prices were rising and it was the, but it was the same concept is prices were rising so fast that it just didn't make sense to go back and look at historical data when prices were extremely low. So you have to kind of look, you have to take a snapshot of what's happening today. Um, and then, and then you're going to have to correct, um, you know, correct your price and correct your offers uh, to meet the demands of right now. I mean, that's how, that's how fast it's shifting. So uh, again, no major renovations, wholesalers start firing up your marketing channels. I mean, I think there's going to be a, a, uh, a total boom for, for wholesalers coming up. Not that, uh, not that the past couple of years um, didn't provide that as well. I mean, if, if you could, if you could get a hold, if a wholesaler could get a hold of a property at a decent price, boy, they could really capitalize um, just because of the, the, the price increases. Now we're going to, now we're moving into the volume part of um, part of the equation when it comes to wholesaling. We're going to start seeing more and more distressed properties, more and more distressed property owners. And so you're going to have to pick up your volume before before you can make up for it by by pricing alone. You can make up for any kind of um, the, the lack of inventory. You can make up for that because of the pricing volume or for the, uh, the pricing of these properties and appreciation. Now, heading down the bell curve, heading down the other side. Uh, it's going to be more about volume. You're going to have to pick up more properties because your your, your prices are going to decrease. All right, so so wholesalers fire up fire up those marketing channels and prepare to invest in your marketing. Start fine tuning your systems because, uh, like I said, you're going to need more volume to earn. Eventually, you know we're not there yet, but uh, in the next I don't know three to three to nine months your volume is going to have to increase. So start fine tuning your system so that you can handle that volume. And then the last, uh, the last category obviously is the buy and hold category. Should you be buying and holding properties, whether they be for you know, a rental portfolio or in my case, a seller finance portfolio? And I'd say the answer to that question is uh, empirically, absolutely. You should always, I mean, there's always, it's always a good time to buy and hold. Um, you just have to be careful, right? But even at these uh, at these higher interest rates that we have, we're going to compensate by that by the with those higher interest rates. We're going to compensate. We're going to start seeing purchase prices go down, right? So it's it's checks and balances all the time. Um, so even at these higher interest rates, prices are going to start start dropping out. Um, the weird thing is, is that 
while that's happening, kind of running concurrently, rents are really staying about the same. And, and rents really started peaking out uh, right around the same time that obviously that uh, that this crazy market peaked out. So over the past year, I think um, I think we've seen a 10 to 15 percent increase in rents over the past over the past year. And, you know, that's that's not to say those rents can't come down because they can and they probably will. But right now they're staying, the rents are staying about the same. So we, I often say, I tell this to our students a lot, if we can get financing at 6% or below, it's still, it's still very, very cheap money. I mean, it's not, uh, it's not outrageous to pay 6%. It's just not what we're used to. We're used to seeing these super low interest rates. Uh, but six to six to seven, seven 7%, you're starting to get into, um, you know, a little more, a little more cost there. It, you know, it's, it's definitely not as cheap as the four and a half, uh, 4.25 and, and 5% that we were seeing, uh, from commercial lending previously. But really when you hedge this against inflation, it is still very, very cheap money. It's super cheap money. So, um, uh, and really the big thing is even if you if we have people that are borrowing money at six percent from from a lender from an institutional lender well it that's why this is called investing you're gonna you're gonna invest a little bit up front and over time you're gonna be able to those interest rates are gonna drop again at some point maybe it's a year out maybe it's two years out we we really don't know but at that time you know you might be paying six percent but in the future, you're going to be able to refi those properties at a much cheaper rate, and you're just going to explode your cash flow. So, I wouldn't be super afraid of buying and holding the property right now. Um, it's just uh, you know, obviously, you're going to have to get a better price for it. That's all there is to it. That's how you're going to compensate, right? So, I will tell you, just be prepared if you're going to be buy a buy and hold investor. Be prepared to hold on to your properties uh, a lot longer than you normally would. For me, that. That doesn't bother me at all. I, if I hold on to uh, my portfolio for 30 years, I'm, I'm totally fine with that. Uh, I, I'm in it for the long haul. So, but uh, we will start to see a rise in the market again uh, at some point. So just be, just prepare yourself for holding on to properties uh, a little bit longer than what you're, what we have, what we've been required to do in the past. And then lastly, on the buy and hold front. I, I highly recommend, I mean, this is why you're, you're seeing, you're probably seeing just a ton of, of advertisements for, uh, for creative financing and, and all this, you know, what is, what is really ironic to me is everyone that you're hearing a lot, of, a lot about creative financing from were, they were wholesale gurus and they're jumping on this bandwagon, right? But um I will tell you, we've been doing this since day one. It's it's uh it's been a part of our creative finance has been a part of our business from the very very beginning, literally the beginning. The first first properties I ever bought were on creative financing. But I would say that right now, if you look at the interest rates we've had over the past 10, 11 years, we've got a we've got a an excellent run of extremely low interest rates, right? So if you can start picking up those properties, say subject to well, I mean, now you've just built not not only have you got the best prices because prices are starting to go down, right? But you also have the absolute lowest interest rates. And by that I mean you're when you're picking up property subject to, if that's the way you're gonna go, 
or the way that you can go. Um, you're picking up a property at two and a half to four percent, something like that. I mean, that is just uh, it's just a double whammy. It's just like you, you've got the best of all worlds. So that's why it's so important to understand this creative financing stuff. Uh, and that's that's both getting creative on the buy side and the sell side. You know, everyone tells you that and you'll hear this a lot. Everyone will say that, you know, you make money when you buy. And that's that's partially true. Uh, but if you have the ability, if you understand how to structure deals on the sell, when you sell, um, particularly, well, I mean, we have different exit strategies. So, you know, if you're going to be a straight landlord, this is probably not going to apply to you very much. But uh, for me, I sell or finance all of my single family properties, right? So actually these interest rates, these higher interest rates are helping me out because, now I can actually go out if, I, if I'm going to sell a property on seller financing. Now I can compete. I can actually compete with institutional lending. So I can compete with the, uh, the FHA loans and the VA loans. I can compete with those interest rates now. So, um, or at least it's much easier. I, I still charge higher interest rates. I charge a premium uh, if I'm going to sell or finance someone. But it kind of takes, if somebody were to, um, you know, try and go qualify for a loan from a bank, you know, they're going to see that interest rate and then they're going to look at mine. They're going to go, well, you know, this is very, very comparable. And, you know, I also don't require people to, uh, I mean, there's no, there's no prepayment penalties or anything like that. These folks can go out and refi if they want to, uh, but it just makes it a little bit easier for me to be able to, uh, to compete. So yeah, I know that's a, that's kind of a long winded way of saying, if you, if you're not studying creative financing, if you're not if you don't understand how it all works, I this is the, a primo time to really start to incorporate this into your business. I mean, it really is, and it doesn't matter what your exit's going to be, but you need to. You, the whole goal here is to is to capitalize on those extremely low interest rates, and that's that's mainly through subject to. I mean, that's what we're talking about here. Uh, if you have uh, seller finance deals. You know, you get you can compete there as well. So if you're going to pick a, if you've got a free and clear property, let's say, uh, you got a free and clear property, and you know your and you've your seller has agreed to seller finance that property to you. Well, now you can go out and you can say, and and of course that, you know, maybe that uh, maybe that seller is motivated. Maybe they're not. The point is that now you've got higher interest rates. From you know through lend through uh, through bank financing, so really you can you can really use that as a, a negotiation tool with your seller and say, Mister Seller, you know I know you might want uh, you might want this cash flow from this seller finance deal, but I can just go to a bank and I can pay six percent on this money and uh, and I can just buy it with cash outright and. Uh, you know, a lender's going, going, or I'm sorry, a uh, a seller. That's going to be a um, that's going to be an advantage to you because now you could actually negotiate that interest rate lower, where you can't do that with a bank. So, um, yeah, I would really, really advise getting in, starting to get into this, uh, into the creative finance world. I really would. And you know, like I said, you know, we run a coaching program. Doesn't it doesn't have to be with us? I would just tell you 
go out and, and start learning this stuff and start incorporating it into your business. So uh, if I've got any questions here, guys, don't, don't be afraid to, uh, to throw them in the chat there. Uh, let's see here. Let me make sure I've covered everything. Let me pull my checklist up here. All right, I think I've got everything. So let's recap this real quick. We talked about the bell curve. We are on the other side of that bell curve, right? So um, now is the time to, if, you, if you're rehabbing properties, let's start wrapping those up and getting those, uh, getting those put on the market or uh, however you're going to dispo those. Uh, the key is prices are starting to drop. So let's, let's get those things, uh, get those finalized, get all of those projects done and get them sold. I know that's what I'm doing. Um, I've got a rehab going right now. That's exactly what we're going to do. It's going to be done here in the next month, month and a half, and it's going to go straight on the market and we're out of it. And to make up for that, we're going to be looking for quick flips in and out as fast as you possibly can be. Um, no more than 30 days hold time. And uh, don't forget, you're going to have to start getting uh, much more significant discounts on these. All right. Uh, don't do no major rehabs, no major rehabs until we start to see a, a few changes in the market. Wholesalers, start picking up that marketing, incre start increasing that marketing, increase that ad spend, uh, get out there and, and uh, start fine tuning your systems so that you can handle more volume. Because as, as, uh, as prices drop, you're gonna have much more availability, uh, but also you're not gonna be getting, generally speaking, you're not gonna be getting paid as much. That's the general rule, it's not the, not the case all the time. And then finally, uh, rental portfolios, it's always a good time to buy. Make sure you're getting good prices on them. Um, if you're using bank financing, it's totally fine. Interest rates are, uh, you know, six to six and a half percent right now, at least in, in uh, well, that's everywhere pretty much. Um, but if you hedge that against inflation, you're, it's still very cheap money. Don't be afraid to borrow, the, borrow that money. What we don't want to see is we don't want to see banks drying up. Banks stop lending like we did. Uh, in the previous previous recession. Um, and even if that's the case, let's say that that happens, the very last item that I have here and the most important one is start under start learning this creative financing thing. It's, a, it's if anything, worst case scenario, this is just a tool that you can put in your, in your toolbox. Uh, but I really do think this is going to have a significant uh, impact on your business uh, to learn how to structure these deals. So all right, so that's really all I've got for this one. Short and sweet, right? That was, uh, I think we're a half an hour in. If anybody has any questions at all, uh, I'm gonna give you about 30 seconds to get something, to get your hand raised. And then if I have to, I will, uh, if I have to, I'll wait for you to type it out. But so let's, uh, by all means, go ahead and dump that, dump your question into the uh, chat box and we'll get it answered for you. All right, I'm not seeing any hands raised. So, all right, so Miguel, if you're still there, I hope you have a good uh, a good day. And I see we've got uh, someone else on here. Um, you guys have a fantastic weekend. I think that's all I got. Do me a favor, like and subscribe to the to the YouTube channel. If you're watching this on Facebook, head over to YouTube and just look up Sub2Empire. In fact, 
why not just look up Sub2 Empire on all of the uh, all the different social media platforms? We're the only one out there with a name like that. And uh, and you can, uh, you know, join us on all of those platforms as well. All right, guys, that's all I got. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. We'll catch you later.